lot of the a lot of the customers that spend the most money there are those like woodland firefighters that are off duty or construction guys spend a lot of money Line and they always come in wearing their construction shirts or dirty yeah, like and the, painted. It's and, like the fishermen too, where yeah, they like make yeah. bank over a short period of time. Yeah. But they're, they haven't yeah, seen a woman in also, a long time. You also so get want. those guys that come in that look like they're super tracked out on drugs. Like oh, I'll never yeah. forget this one night. This guy was just all over the fucking place. And I remember another dancer came in the back and she was like, yeah, he just handed me $3,000 and then walked out. And I was like, Wow, you really can't fucking judge no, a book by yeah. their cover because you never know. You never know. But they're wearing expensive Jordans and they have like gold earrings. Yeah, the fl- <laughs> like if they look really extra flashy, they typically it is a red flag. But also like if you were at a bar and you saw a guy wearing something really flashy, you'd be like, he probably is gonna try and get me too drunk tonight. Like typically yeah. guys like who are overly like. That was like the guy that was in VIP the other night with his like green velvet shoes. I was literally like brushing money off the ground and picking it up. And I was like, oh, your shoes are really nice. But I noticed how he was not giving any money. It's like... It's we like just split up one bucket between the oh, three of us. He was one. showing the photos, yeah. brand and new I, BMW. And he, yeah, and he literally did say to another dancer, he was like, I- "I'll be willing to give you a ton of money if you let me take you home." Yeah, and there's was, usually an ulterior motive. And, and that was one of those things where I remember that guy too, because I was watching him <laughs> and you guys for like an hour. It yeah, seemed like because I saw him touch one of you that one time, and then I was like, "He's gonna do it again." And every time I looked at him. He was so close. I was like, he's going to do it again. And I hate doing that. I hate hawking people like that. But I just, like I was like, ones, he's really going to do it. It's and because he was younger. Yeah, but, knew, but even when like, he was up there, I was like, he's throwing dollar bills. He's not spending, he was, no, spending money, but he wasn't like spending a but ton you could of tell, money. Here's the thing about him is he refused to go into the VIP area yeah, in the yeah. back and he was like, no, I'm here. And then he bought the bottle of liquor. And then he sat in the open public VIP dance section was throwing money. That's all he was doing because it's a show for other men. Yeah, but it's it's like you said. He he was wearing his his little suit and suit. his – He had a chain. Yeah, his <laughs> buttoned one button below he kept what, losing what button. should be culturally acceptable for a man. <laughs> his, <laughs> his, button pretty low. His blue velvet suit, his blue suede shoes, no, and like yeah, I, I could, yeah, yeah it was some kind of suede shoes, like, and should have a mark on the walls like you should be buttoned to here before you come into this. Every well, time like he'd a, stand up, he'd like get way too close to people, like he was like right here, like it was almost like his crotch was more forward than his know, face if, was. If you notice, like the younger guys that have a lot of money, they come in and they just expect more out of everybody. One hundred percent. Yeah, and I want to uh, touch base on this. Um, I want to talk to you guys about dating regulars or dating customers. Don't fucking do and it. Now that we're talking about peak, don't do it. Uh, don't do people it. People that have a lot of money. I want to talk to Georgia about someone that she had dated. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. No, I did. And, yeah, he peacocked, and he spent a lot of money on me, and he loved... But this is something that, like, I learned once I started dating him. And, like, I don't necessarily think he's a terrible person, but I could realize how uh, insecure he was at times because a lot of what would happen is we would go out 
outside of, you know, we go out on a night out. Like I take a weekend night off and we go and we get dressed up. We go to fancy dinner and then we go to the bars. And without fail, we always ran into a group of people. And he would be like, you guys want to go to the strip club? Want to go to the strip club? And then we'd go, get, take out a bunch of money, and he'd start throwing it. And it was like this big flashy display. Well, talk about the flashy display. As the bartender, because I always had to get his ones. He would get like a thousand dollars of ones, and then he would put it on the table, and he would not spend most of it. And then he would come up and be like, "I need another thousand. I'm like, "Okay." And then he would like keep coming up. You, you all know who I'm talking about, um, I'm sure. And at one night, we had a bunch of ones, like we that we we didn't have enough ones, and I was just like, "You're not even spending these." He's like, "Oh, am I taking all your ones from you?" And I was like. No, there's people actually spending them, and now we have to, like, cash them back in. And I'm just like, why is this, like, young dude? Because he was really, really young, and, I mean, compared to me. And so, yeah, and so that is, like, the definition of a peacock. So he just liked to have him, like, stat out. I'm like, don't be a badass like this, and then, or pretend to be a badass, and then order White Claws all night. It was, well, he, okay, <laughs> the I was saying the thing about White Claws is probably because he Bro. probably already drank plenty before he showed up there. For some people, their money is their entire personality. And I think it was hard, you know, and for him, I think he needed a little bit of help creating friendships. And it's easy to make friends when you buy everybody a round of drinks and you take them all to the strip club and you show them a good time. And Right, and everybody at the strip club is there for you. They want to, you know, sell you that fantasy, yeah, well, that they, fun. That... It's literally their job to be yeah purchased for like exactly. a like a pretend relationship it, well, yeah, it's, exactly. it's a place where you can purchase somebody's affection for exactly. small amounts of time it, you know? what became difficult in my relationship with him was that because most of my friends were dancers and because we spent a fair bit of time there it turned into this thing where he'd be like oh well let's get dances from your friend like and I, and it was like weird for me because then it would be like oh do you think your friend would be down to like do some stuff with us and i'm like just because we're strippers and just because like me and you have our own like freaky life going on does not mean that like my friend who totally is just doing her job just like i do my job wants to be her so do you think he saw you as his in a little bit and i do think that for it was a little bit of a status symbol by dating me was because i was the pretty hot girl that he got to tote around and be like, she's a stripper, you know, like it was a, it was a symbol for him to use for other men to peacock. I think he used me to peacock, honestly. Well, and it, it's, it's one of those things too, where, you know, I've know you guys have talked about it on the podcast before. It's, you know, people making stereotypes about somebody just because of the place that they choose to work. You know, he's just going to assume that because Georgia works there and this other dancer works there that they're both going to be into doing some freaky shit when it's like, that doesn't mean that it's going to happen to you, man. Long, like it's not, it took a long time to break down that wall. And I've noticed this cause I've dated, I've been dating other people now that that's over and it still takes, it's even harder. I think to bring, to start dating somebody who's never really spent a lot of time in the strip club or dated another stripper or, you know, then to bring them into that world, you still have to break down all their pre, conceived notions on who you are as a person and there's a weird there seems to be a weird belief that it's it's not like a spectrum of things like okay once you're a stripper that means you'll do anything for money right you'll i can sleep with you for money or all your friends will come over and we'll just have a big orgy if i just can throw enough on the table or whatever 
we do afterward. All the pillow fights we have. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot about that. We all get yeah. we all get naked and giggle together. It's fun. It's I think we party. mentioned it on the podcast. It's like the least horny we are is when we fucking leave that place, and it's like we're usually most, angry. The like most, <laughs> the most ghetto and frumpy is when you see a strip club, like the strip club girls leave the building at the end of the night. Oh my gosh! I mean, they're yeah. wearing just giant t-shirts and just sweatpants, like, or yeah. socks with our sandals. Yeah. Let me tell you that. <laughs> So what you're saying is sweaty taints. Is <laughs> no, <laughs> no. He always wanted me to get off work and then like go. The like, first thing we want to do is go like, shower after. I don't that. really. I like kind of want to go eat Taco Bell. And yeah, take a shit. I want to. Like, I want to. I want to take a shit. Right now, like. Yeah, I want to take a shit. I want to shower and I want to smoke weed in the privacy of my own home without a man saying like, "Hey." I don't know. <laughs> fucking go to sleep. Yeah, uh, going home, bitch. That's exactly what I'm doing. Like, going really to sleep. Know what I'm about to I'm do going afterwards. to sleep. Even though that's I'm what be I'm up doing. For three hours because I'm like fucking like stimulated. Yeah, I do not want to talk to fucking you. Macaroni and cheese <laughs> seems to be a pretty yeah. common. Oh, I'm about to crush a cup of noodle. Yeah. <laughs> she always does. So part of the reason this podcast was to get rid of like stigmas and stuff with dancers, and so I want to maybe possibly crush um one of them um so this is for you too so grab the mics and um questions uh, questions about dating customers if you have or dating um and i'll i guess yeah i'm just gonna ask have you ever dated a convicted felon unsure <laughs> i might have <laughs> have you ever dated a drug dealer absolutely <laughs> um i've dated a couple middlemen so not quite on the drug dealer level, but definitely the connector. Well, not while stripping, though, also. Well, still. I mean, it's yeah. like, oh, no, but in general, yeah, just, yes. yes. <laughs> um, have you ever dated somebody that didn't own a car? Yes. No, I would fucking never. <laughs> <laughs> you're, still in, you're still in the toddler stripper phase. So I still wouldn't. <laughs> would. No, no, no. Keep your standards. No, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, have you ever dated somebody that didn't have a job? Yes. No. Actually, he was a drug dealer. Entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. Have you ever dated anybody that still lived with their mother in your adult life? No. Yeah. No. Don't fucking do it. Okay. Don't do it. Have you ever dated anybody that was part of a motorcycle club? Dirt bikes? Yeah. <laughs> No. It's not the same fucking thing. It's definitely not the same thing, but it's a little culty in another weird way. <laughs> Have you ever dated a bouncer or anybody else that worked at the club? I have not, but I have been uh, sectioned into a weird situation where it looked like I was. I Elaborate. Think I've been <laughs> Elaborate. We did have um, a manager at our club, actually, when I very first started. Oh. <laughs> ah, and there was some like big tea about this for a long time um he actually uh he found a liking to me for sure and uh he came in on his off days and sat at my stage and i was just stoked because he's like my fucking manager and i'm like oh yeah like i want to fucking you know flaunt my shit in front of everybody and feel special because my fucking manager is here throwing money on me i was a baby stripper like what do you expect you know you're like living in the limelight you're stoked oh, for it oh whatever haha ha. yeah it, when i first started i drank so much you know <laughs> she was my bartender <laughs> she knew that's what i had to do um but 
there, it got to the point to where, um, I noticed at certain times he was pulling me aside and talking to me and like, there was awkward times where he'd pull me in the office and lock the door. And I asked him, <laughs> I asked him like, why are you locking the door? And he was what? Well, well, just in case somebody comes in and tries to, you know, interrupt our conversation. And I'm like, well, right then and there, I thought that something was super weird about that. And like a week later, he called me and was like, hey, I just want to let you know, there's a rumor going around about us sleeping together. And I was like, cool. <laughs> little did I know he was the one that started that fucking rumor. <laughs> yeah, little yeah. did I know that. Um, he told me that. Just speaking of the, this is the drama here at the club. Oh, yeah, I'm so yeah, stoked yeah. for this. So this guy, yeah. he actually started when when he first started. I was friends with him, and he was like, "Everyone thinks we're sleeping together," and I was like, "What the fuck? No, no one no. has ever said that to me except for you." So that's weird. But then he. One night, told me out of the blue because everyone knows how we were going to talk. He's like, me, er, yeah, everyone is saying that me and Ray are together. He's like, we slept together one time, and like that was it. And I was like, why the fuck are you telling me this? You know, and like and that just so, makes me laugh. I did. I yeah, I did, exactly, I did, I did, exactly. I down low though, I really did. I don't even know if I told you. And then another person that came to me and said that like. There was a rumor being spread, and I was like, and it was one of your friends, and I was like, I'm oh, of course, to be totally honest. That, and you know, they weren't talking shit about you, they right, were like, right, right, right. This is happening, and I was like, well, well, it's like high school, like, but we're all naked, fuck? so everybody wants to talk about shit. What the? Fuck? Yeah, yeah, no, so, nope, yeah. did not fucking happen. No. Never happened. Um, I remember one specific instance, and this is when I knew it would never happen. Um, I went like there was a few of us that we were out at the bar, and then we ended up back at his house after the end of the night because it was his off night and we were all there and I remember we walked into his house and he's like yeah like this is my house trash the couch that he got from sister trash it was all trash why the fuck would I ever want to date a strip club manager who's sleeping on the couch that his sister got for him it's funny because it's, it sounds like he was trying to do the same thing that George's ex was doing. No, 100%. actually doing it. 100%. This is a story about a strip club manager who told everybody that we were dating when I was younger, who I ended up going into that club on a trip with my ex, who I just talked about, and he proceeded to tell every girl that night that that was the man that I left him for. And I cackle and laugh about this night all the time because one time, well, there was a night in which the owner of that club paid me to come hang out. Nothing sexual happened. It wasn't like one of those things, but he just wanted girls to party with. And I was with one of the managers, the other manager, and then the owner. And, um, this whole night, this guy's like, yeah, I make a thousand dollars a week and my credit score is 500. I'm ready to settle down. I want kids, like all this shit. And I was like, dude, you're like fat. And you have a yeah. I was like, you, <laughs> you're really bad kind of like, you, you do realize like, I'm, uh, I think I'm out of your league, my guy. Like you are in 500 your- was a bragging point. Yeah. And that's, like, beyond, like, his physical attributes or whatever, I was just, like, you really don't have anything to offer on paper. Like, not at all. Like, I was kind of shocked by that. And it came in this whole thing, and he would tell, like, girls would be, like, oh, yeah, you know, when me and Georgia dated, and everybody's, like, what the fuck? No, you didn't. Like, we all knew, like, and my friends knew, and then this was, it was so funny when I came in as a customer with 
a boy, the current boyfriend at the time, and he really thought that that was the man I left him for. The reality was I went on maternity leave because I had a baby. And I was like, clearly you're not the dad, and I don't know why you ever thought that we dated because we didn't, but he still like hung up on it, and it's been like three years. <laughs> do you think he believes it? Yeah, I do. No, and I think it was like a level of delusion, and I don't know why. It, sometimes it, it can... I don't know what it was about it, but some guys that work in the strip club think that they have access to the women. Just that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying about the fucking yeah. manager that yeah. like literally they, said that we were sleeping together. It's very good guys that we work with. You are one of them, Kyle. Like I think the majority of our bouncers, maybe one's a little, hmm. <laughs> but like for the most part, they're good. But there is, there's those guys that get in there and they just they like, take it. Most people, of it. most people aren't. Like a little bit of an They're like, oh, they're like, oh, because we have, because we have a good conversation and we connect and we have the same interest. And I've seen you naked. They like me. Yeah. No. Well, it's. I, I'm pretty sure the last time I was on, you know, we we talked about, you know, what I would tell somebody that was looking to become a bouncer at a strip club, and honestly. It, We've been through so many, and it, it it doesn't always work out because it's you have to have a certain mentality when you're there, you know. And guys like that, they don't last because that's not what that's not what the dancers are there for, you know. They get they get they they get that enough from customers. The last thing they need to get it from is the staff that's there. To make sure that they're safe. Yeah. You know, it's when I when I started, you guys both know because you've you've been there the entire time that I've been there. I'm the most shy, reclusive, unconfident <laughs> around women person that there possibly is. But I'm not there to try to go home with a new dancer every night or try to see if any of them you know want to want to hang out after that like that's not the purpose of us being there it's it's a workplace you know you don't need to work there for access to women if that's your whole you know perk package for what you think you're going to get when you work at a strip club as a man then you should just stay the fuck out (laughs) Kat, you've worked there for the longest how what percentage of bouncers do you think that have come in had that wrong attitude as far as like thinking that that just gave them all access to to strippers. I don't think that it has. Like, I mean, I know that there's been like a handful. They don't last. That's the thing. That's what I was going to say. We always know it's like, you know, we have the guys, whatever, they kind of make it through and then turn out to be douchebags. But it's, we get those guys that they get hired. We've had managers, we've had bouncers, we've had cooks, (laughs) anyone in that male role there. And they get hired, and they're like, oh, yeah, this person's awesome. And they work a couple shifts, and then it's their nights off. And then they come into the club, and then they start getting dances. And they start hitting on us and getting all fucking weird. And it's like, yep, nope, you're not going to last. There, I think there has actually been quite a few. We just There's so many that we don't even count. Well, the, the one I remember the most was that DJ. Do you guys remember that guy? Uh, he had long hair. I can't remember. Was this, was this the DJ that had Sunshine. the incident with the, with the dancers and um, – I heard that there was a thing. There was a rule. He, he did have an incident with dancers and customers. Um, he he was totally there to just try to pick up a stripper. That was his whole purpose for being there. And 
he caused more problems as a DJ than any other staff member I've ever worked with. He he was argumentative with with dancers and with customers, and he was one of those people that didn't have the right mentality to work there. Yeah, we need to get a DJ on the show at some point. Yeah. Because he is not the worst DJ that we've had. Well, it, we have temperamental yeah. DJs all the time. There was well, one that got – there's a reason there's a door on the DJ. Oh, yeah. In the DJ booth now because it used to yeah. all be open. Yeah, it used to yeah. – do you have any questions to ask Melissa? You've just been sitting through. I have so many questions about this. So based on the stigma around strippers, and I have never been to – I have been to strip clubs. Uh, I think only in Australia maybe. Um, but they were not fully naked, so that's pretty new for me, though I do see a lot of crotches, so I'm not shy about that. Um, but you said about, like, we want to do away with the stigma about strippers, but you guys have all dated people who are pretty unsavory. So that didn't really help. <laughs> so some other questions. Like, so you have a child. How old is your child? Uh, two and a half. Two and a half. Okay. So what do you want as you move through life? Like, how long do you intend to do this? Do you enjoy it? I, or is it just the money? I mean, I enjoy it to some aspect in which I enjoy being a performer. I do not enjoy necessarily dealing with all the the back-end bullshit and the, like, getting somebody to like my personality enough. And, and I have a really difficult time being somebody other than myself. And sometimes you do have to put on – you have to play a role for somebody. You have to be their fantasy. And I sometimes have difficulties with that. I do not envision myself doing this in – perpetuity um i am going to go to school and i'm going to you know i'm going to get my nail tech license is my intention um and do do something along that lines but like i not have never set an end date to it but i will say that it is by far easier by the kind of money i make to be a young single mom so absolutely and that's got to be the hardest thing as you think about leaving it like how do you replace that money once you get used to that money right yeah that's why I haven't yeah, stopped. That, and that's, <laughs> this is the most addicting thing for baby strippers is the money. And the cash yep. flow is so... 100%. I don't know. Well, but that, I think going through COVID... The, and the like, freedom that you get, too, to, to make your Dude, own schedule. Dude, the, the schedule thing? Like, that's the biggest thing for me. Like, 100%. Like, I gave myself I gave myself one year. And I'm at my one year today. And I'm Everybody still doing this. Well, I and I gave myself, myself three years. And that... And I'm like... If I don't have my shit figured out by that three years, like, because I would love to do this for as long as possible, but my body is not going to let me do it. I think like anything, if you give yourself, okay, as long as it feels good to me, then I'll continue doing it at the point that it doesn't feel good. Exactly. The the thing for me mostly, the thing for me mostly, I don't care about the physical thing. It's the mental for me. The mental, because I it's like the girls, the man, the, the men, the everything. To help, though. No, actually, I'm, if you like didn't notice, Kat, I, when I first started, I used to, I used to drink before I came in because I, that's yeah. what I needed to do. Yeah. But once you learn to do it sober, holy shit, it changes your entire fucking life. A, a lot of the girls, there's a big percentage of the girls that don't drink, that don't, that don't do drugs. And that's one of the stigmas I wanted. I mean, but this is all fun and games like the questionnaire I did earlier, but a lot of girls don't dabble and don't have like, at least at the club that we work at, they don't have like big drug problems. Some of them dabble and that's fun and whatever. One of, one of the, 
um, pieces of advice that I would give to you. And the only reason I think that I have the the clout to do is because I've heard so many strippers up to now. <laughs> um, start saving. Like don't, oh, don't wait until you're about to get out. As long as you're making the money now. Yeah. Put the money, put some of that money away, even if it's just a small part of it, so that when you decide, ah, I'm sick of this, you have that that door out. One hundred percent. And in a game plan, like what is what is your plan like after you get out of the industry? Like what? I mean, I oh, I was I only wanted to be there for three years, and I'm just a bartender, but I've been there for thirteen, and it's hard. You it, get into it, and you get stuck because the money. I, yeah, and I'm like I'm scared, and sometimes I feel like I'm trapped at this point. That's kind of how I'm feeling at this point, a year in, you know. Yeah, but you're young and like you and whatever and like you have your whole world ahead of you i have to figure out what to do after this we've right, all right. seen what we like to call career strippers and not i'm not saying that there are women who can't actually be career strippers and work up until they're probably their mid 40s even sometimes early 50s and be successful the whole time but it, it takes such a special person to do that and the maintenance that is required to dance beyond youth which is gross but um that that reality of it is you have to do very calculated steps to be to maintain being a stripper to that point to then actually just retire well and, it's, and most people don't get there well you know, i can't start doing this on the weekends because <laughs> i mean you know you never know I will be 48 in a month from today. The and then, no, and also I'm not saying that that you're there's like an ex there's an expiration date if your looks go. What I yeah, if you have a shelf life. I, yeah. I think a lot of the shelf life has to do with your mentality too. You know, because you know, I don't. You know, I've seen. Well, we'll just say this like this. I've seen some dancers who were probably a little bit past their natural point where they should have hung it up a, a little while ago and, and yeah and and at that point it's it's one of those things where you know it's like you said they didn't have a plan for what they do when they were done and it, it becomes a, a a mental thing where it's like back in the day this used to happen and now it's not happening anymore what the fuck is wrong with me or what is wrong with everybody and it's like it's not something that's wrong with you, it's just. I feel like I feel like even when people have a plan, sometimes it's easy for them to just take the easier route. So they're gonna stay where they are, you know, because that's what they're used to. Yeah, I think the reason, and I don't want to sound luxury. This is problems that I've had with my own life too, as far as like wanting to do this at a certain point. But the time to start is like now, like just start putting money away so that so you so when you get to that point, you don't you can go like oh. I have a choice now, not just like the, the minute you want to leave, go, okay, now what am I going to do? <laughs> there, well, there's also just a huge difference between survival sex work and sex work by choice. So some of the women that I have seen that end up being career strippers got into it for survival. Yeah. Like they didn't have any other option. And if you started before the crash of 2007, it was a whole different ball game then. And I've heard all the stories and I've read I've read from everything and I've heard from girls before the money was there because the internet also wasn't at the same point where it is today, where we're competing with OnlyFans girls and Instagram models and instant access to very sexual content at the touch of a button for five ninety nine a month. 
And there's nothing wrong with that, but there is a huge difference, though, between survival sex work, you're escaping an abusive relationship, or you had to move across the country, or you can't put food on the table for your kids. Like, yeah, you're, do, you're doing it out of survival, and that's also how women get into prostitution who aren't trafficked is because it's survival. So your mentality changes and you, you're not thinking of it as like, okay, long-term goals, I'm making good money, I'm going to set aside, I'm going to invest, maybe I'll buy some crypto or do something. Like, You're like, I'm going to work so that I have gas money to get my kid to school or something. Like yeah. it just, it changes. So they're, it, I think they tend to stay a little bit longer because they don't have the resources or the access to set themselves up. For yeah, hundred percent. And I don't want to make it sound like I don't think some people can just be trapped. Like no, that. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying, but it's just, that is some, I have, you have to have a little compassion for people who don't end up getting, I think, I think a big thing apart about that is like mental health too. If yeah. people are dealing with a lot of things like mentally and they find a position where they're comfortable in and they're making money and they're happy and they have regulars and they have, you know, this set in stone thing, they don't want to like disrupt from that because it's going to fuck up their life completely. Also, I mean, we've seen it with drug addiction. Yeah. Women, women will go through periods of being actively using, they get clean, but it's hard to get a job because maybe they got in trouble while they were using and then they go, you know, they go, they get clean and then the industry is tough and then maybe they fall off the bandwagon I again. It creates a, a it creates a cycle, yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. But it is that's survival like when they get when you Three months, and all of a sudden they're back. Right, for fucking yeah, week, and uh, week, we week, don't know all the reasons, and I don't want to press on somebody's personal life, but you do see it with, you know, cycles of addiction. Like, well, and that, it, and that's what kind of the sex industry is also there it, for. Is it, it happens to, to us on our side, too. You know, that's, you know, it's like you said. You didn't, you didn't know that I was there for four years before this. Yeah. I was there for a long time, and I, I, I mentally, I couldn't do it anymore. You know, it takes a, it's, that's, that's another thing that maybe people who haven't worked in this industry don't realize is this job is taxing. It's, it's taxing years off of your fucking life. It's, it it drains all your energy and it's very draining mentally more so than an eight hour shift at any other job. And I've had a lot of other jobs, but it's just, the only other job I can compare to this is serving. Yeah, and it's well, like yeah, when I see you like birthday. walk out sometimes. But that's the you're difference. Just like, that's the thing about this job is, you know, I, I've thought about it a lot lately. As I'm also been there a while, and I'm older than a lot of the dancers. I'm kind of hitting that age where it's like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Yeah. You know, and it's like, you guys as, as dancers, you're private contractors, so you get to take a break a lot of the time. And not, you know, it was different for you, but for me, this is like my livelihood this is my job I'm a mom and I'm in school this is the only way I make money and I have no break from it and I'm I'm not a dancer I'm not I don't have to do as much as you do but I'm still in that environment and it's like it is so I feel like sometimes that's the things that we don't think about about the people that work in the industry that aren't dancing you know sometimes we make comments about how yeah well we're stripping for money okay well you guys have to be there literally from open to close every fucking second you maybe get like 10 minutes like breathe like if you're if you're fucking lucky if you're lucky and then you usually get like a fucking a rude like gesture towards it like if you're like i need a fucking second like somebody's gonna give you a hard time about it you know it's funny to at the end of the night we all are there together in this and it's not a very big building i mean it's 
whatever. It's really small. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty small building, but we all, there's things that I don't see that the bouncers go through or the dancers go through or any of you guys, you guys go, go through. That you guys go through. 100%. And so that at night, that's like my favorite part is that we all get to like sit together and like, oh yeah. my God, this Decompress happens tonight. I'm like, stories. what the fuck? Like, because yeah. I'm sure I can't like see over the people behind the bar. I feel like sometimes we should have some like big old like work group event where we talk about all of our shit so we understand each other. So there's no fucking argument. We're doing right now. Yeah, so there's no fucking arguments because I I can literally like attest to so many times where there is arguments between staff. Well, I'm dealing with this. Well, I'm fucking dealing with this. Well, my butthole is blowing in the wind, bitch. Pay me. Like, fuck you. Why are you complaining? Well, we all have different fucking issues, you know. It's all a different point of view and it's all different struggles. Like, we all deal with it but at the end of the day we all deal with the same dipshits 100 percent. 100 yeah. and it's a lot of estrogen in one building also it's, a, it's just know, different. Too, too much estrogen in one building all synced up on our cycles oh my god it's so bad it's like it's really culty honestly cycles so firstly so two things i want to know about vaginas bushes so is anybody full bush at work yeah. Um, yes. there are yep. a couple people, yep. actually, uh, yeah, and, um, there, we did get one girl that, like, auditioned, we did get one girl that, like, auditioned, and she was, like, I remember she was, like, standing, I think she was from Portland, and she was standing up on, like, one of the stages, and she pulled down her pants, and I think, she made some weird comment about the Amazon, <laughs> I was, like, I, I don't get it, and I was, like, wait a second, I fucking get it, you have a full patch bush, oh, like, I've seen girls reach up, and they have oh, more yeah. armpit hair than I have. It is, it Which just I think is awesome. Fucking too. flaunted. Yeah, I was when I worked when I worked no in my old town. You know? I was a I was a full bush hairy asshole kind of gal because my mom never told me you're supposed to like. She just told me to trim my pubic hair, so I didn't know any better. Um, but I do know the trend right now amongst dancers is the fan of the, the landing strip, the landing strip, or the the, the, the tiny triangle, the tiny bush. triangle. So, Ooh, but we did, triangle. but we did Again, just going back to the men. I love top bush on yeah, men and women. Triangle. We we did just have a customer. I I'll encourage everybody to take it all off because it's a pain in the ass to leave. No, it's so. And it hurts more to leave it on because you're kind of going around corners oh, and trying to make the shape. And we we did just have a. C- I mean, it looks nice on some people. I think it's, it's hot. It's a pain in the ass to make that shape when you're waxing it. It is. It's always like. So I used to really like like the clean shaven vagina. Like I used to think that that was beautiful. But then the second that I like got used to like the, the landing strip, I was like, holy shit, that's next level. That's like that's a little bit different. Like it, it's a little yeah. I mean yeah, you are very true. You're very right there. We did have a customer though the other night that called me over and I sat down next to them and it was a group of people. It was one girl and she goes, do you shave your vagina? And I said to her, well, sometimes, I mean, sometimes I leave a little landing strip or whatever. And she goes, if you don't shave, if you're not lasered, if you're not clean, you're fucking disgusting. And she points at the girl that was on stage. And that's what I'm saying. Like in the, in the industry, you have to have like a stronghold for yourself because there are people that come in and want to comment on those fucking things. No, it was, it was a customer. It was a customer. Yeah. It's it's not even the guys that are, are that bad. Like they'll say disgusting things to you or, you know, it's 
the women. It's the women. The women are the fucking worst. They're as soon terrible. as they walk in the door, it is like a weight is kind of pushed on our shoulders a little bit. Like, we are confident. We are confident, and we are stoked. We are happy. We're like, oh, yeah, we can fuck with these women. But sometimes they come in, and they just fucking ridicule you. No, it's the worst. Men are pretty simple creatures. Yeah, they say stupid shit. Yeah, they're whatever. But they, what do you mean? Oh. <laughs> but they want beer, boobs, occasional bag of chicken strips and yeah. that's it and then they're, 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 whatever they want some deep fried shit and they're fine they just send them on their way and but women they'll come in and it's at the end of the night in the bachelor they'll critique your they'll yeah. critique that's, what, that's what teaches you okay no, this isn't like the sexual thing this is as a bartender with our women customers so last night you ladies worked it's fucking dead all night it's a sunday we're getting out our off season it's one o'clock all the other bars in our town are closed so then everyone comes in at once and they're you know i'm busy for a hot second and this girl I see this group coming up and it's like five guys and like three or four girls. And I was like, God damn it. None of these girls want to be here right now. No, They're none drunk of them and do. all these guys are making <laughs> them come in. Yep. I was like, this is going to be fun. And the girl walks up and she's like, can I get a chocolate martini? And I was like, <laughs> bitch, you're in Bend, um, Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, I, I, I've already have like half my stuff away and I don't even have cream. I'm like, no, I can't do that. She's like, okay, fine can I get an espresso martini? And I was like, ma'am, this is no, I don't, this is not a craft bar. <laughs> this is Bend, Oregon, <laughs> baby. <laughs> you, right? This, this is, is not a craft bar. She's like, okay, fine. Well, you have all this alcohol. And I'm just like, that's women right there in the strip club. <laughs> well, um, we could keep on going forever. I'm having fun. However, that's about an hour for us. So that's going to, that's going to be wrapping it up. Oh, I do have a suggestion. So anybody who gets the vagina boss tattooed on their ass, I'll give them a year worth of free waxing. <laughs> the vagina boss. Boss. How big does this tattoo have to be? Oh, it doesn't have to be big at all. We definitely need a picture of it. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have to be comfortable with us taking pictures of your male bits. Or lady bits. No, it's in cursive. So the vagina boss in cursive. No, well, I guess you could do a caricature of me next to it. Absolutely. So you can, well, firstly, you can find Down Under Dirt. So I'm recording while I'm waxing people. So people are in the room naked. So that's, well, some of them are making some noises. So it's a little fly on the wall action. So my podcast is available anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Um, and then the business is down under waxing and it's downunderwaxing.com. So it's so much fun. Yeah. It's, it's a blasty blast while you're getting your pubes with, you know, ripped out of. Oh, if I got drunk. Your labia. If I got drunk and went into that, holy shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I do have, um, a client who I was talking about, um, the podcast, uh, call her daddy, which is oh, not, is, oh. You're, you're lovely and young, and I can't listen. It kills me. I was like five minutes, and I was like, no fucking way. So, But apparently she got a $60 million deal from Spotify. So I was like, huh. I was like, I will take a $69 million deal, thank you. So I have a client who's so delightful and very educated and has a wonderful job and is funny and insightful, and she has – uh, Yes, her name is Kat. Okay, there's another one who's not Kat. But she has – um, daddy tattooed on her ass because of that podcast. And I was like, fuck. I was like, well, you get, 
the vagina boss tattooed if I like make it big she's like for sure so I'll be encouraging it and then today I thought of the idea I'll be asking anybody who wants to get that tattooed and a photo opportunity you have to get a QR code tattooed on the ass also so anybody can scan their ass yes, and go straight to your idea. that's a good idea anybody even better I'm moving but I will get that tattooed on me <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole story behind it. But I have a nail tattooed on my ass. Maybe I can do a little. Yes. Yeah, I wonder what to do with him because he's just there. The vagina boss. Exactly. So then his snail trail could go into the cursive of the vagina boss. <laughs> dun dun. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I ship it. I think it'll be great. is by Tribe of Noise. You can find them at www.tribeofnoise.com. Thanks to our host, Backside Cakes. You can find them at 740 Northeast 3rd Street, Suite 6, Bend, Oregon, 97701. Stop in sometime. You might see us recording. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a positive rating. We are a new podcast and would really appreciate the support. And you can find us at www.behindthemeatcurtains.com or write us at info at behindthemeatcurtains.com.